You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Moitzoy Shabbos, this must be Rizcha Daraisa. I'm Avram Kivalevich, and sitting in front of me, in a sense, through the magic of Zoom, Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Berchafer, Hagoyin Hatzadik. And that is the term that we've heard a lot about um, David Feinstein this week, and uh, rightly so, uh, based on almost everything I've, I've, I've read. Uh, and also, really, I've heard a lot about the tzitkus of Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. So if it's possible to amend Rabbi Yosef, our original like, words that we said last week, and I could just go back and change the, the, the audio, but I wouldn't do that based on something I want to talk about later today. Yeah. I, I am willing to, to say that I did not have a tvisa of how important Reb David was. Uh, and listening to Spadim and reading uh, the Divrei Arocham and actually going through uh, the very difficult task of finding his uh, Torah. Uh, and it is available in places you have to work, you have to work very hard. Uh, to find it, and even the chidushim that he writes that are tucked away in what seems to be pedestrian little ha'aras, uh, he definitely was, uh, as Rabbi David Cohen says, great, great, great in his own light, even had he not been uh, the son of, of Rabbi Meisha. Um, I do want to tell you one thing that I read that I was very, very taken by. Uh, I, it was said at the Hespid uh, last week, that uh, said he was the place of America. And I, I, I called many, many people to find out where that statement was. And it turned out that uh, Rabbi Yoshev's grandson uh, was the source of the idea, but it was, seems to be a Dover Mephorsum about the Av and the Chiba that Rabbi Yoshev had for Rabbi David. In fact, he would, be, he, would, he would tell people, what are you coming to me for? You have Rabbi David. And I, I, they even, he even had a nickname for Rav David. There was one, uh, you heard about this. No. There was one uh, psaq that was sent over from Ramesha that, um, that Rabbi Yoshev had some uh, issues with. He, it was Shver for him to Makabal. He, when, when he heard someone was going to America, he asked him to go to Rav David. And Rav David was Miyashev, the psaq, based on uh, a reading in Pasuk and Divri Ayomim. I don't know anything more than that. But when Rabbi Yosef heard about it, he says, Nor the Shtuer Goin, okay, Ken Zugan Azazach. The Shtuer Goin was someone that was a, a Shtuer. The Shtuer Goin. That is an incredible uh, appellation. And um, again, I, from Rabbi David's Talmidim, I heard that Rabbi David Azazah was, was begged, not begged, but was asked to profuse Rabbi Yosef to come to his house after a chasana. And Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi David said, Why should, you know, the Rav wants me? Is, who am I to come to you? We said, oh, come because you're Rav Moshe's son. But when they sat there in the house, based on, I guess it must be someplace in Derech Eretz Rabbah, that what, to, when a, you wait for a Talmachachim to be Poiseach before you speak, supposedly they sat there for minutes because Rabbi Yosef didn't want to be Poiseach in front of Rabbi David. So all of that tells me that we were really talking about an incredible, incredible jewel, an incredible power. And and I'm just say one last thing on this, and just to try to set the record straight. I heard from Yisrael Reisman and his Hespid and many others that that was the address they went to. And I, I heard from somebody who had a very difficult uh, for, uh, fertility question, 
and told me that when he called Reb David, right away Reb David was 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 cold completely on every cold meaning. He knew exactly not only the Shilas and the Achreinim and where it where it Tel Davek, but he was on the tip of the medical science about things that were just quite new. And um, it wasn't like uh, I don't know how to do this. I've never heard about this thing. He was quite aware of almost all the events. So I, I think that we, um, you know, he deserves a lot of our and much more than I gave him last week. So I, uh, and uh, anyway, I just want to set the record straight on that. And, I'm surprised. Why you should, you should really uh, call Rav Nathan? They're probably contemporaries. Okay, so I actually do have a story with Rav Nathan. I have a couple of stories with Rav Nathan. And Rav Nathan's main, um, what I heard from Rav Nathan, of course, I don't want to bother him now. Why? It, well, Rav Nolte, first of all, he's hard of hearing right now. And, and, and I, I hate screaming, you know, it's, it's, it becomes like a, com- a comedy, you know. And then I, have to, then I have to say it over to Joey, and Joey has to tell it to him, you know. So I, or, or Jacob, so I, you know, Rav Yoel and Rav Yankiv, Rav Nolte's sons. But I did hear from Rav Nolte himself um, how, uh, and I did see, by the way, two mice from Rav Nolte. Uh, one was how at my brother's uh, daughter's wedding, um, my brother whose uh, wife was, I think, your your era's uh, babysitter, I believe, right? Could be, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You see where the Kibbelevich Bechoffer connection yeah. started. And um, when you were just a young Kalenik in, in Rav Paris Kalen, um, who knew at that time? Who, was, knew? Who, who knew what that future was going to be? A cop on him. <laughs> I went to my brother's uh, daughter's wedding, and it was in the Vizhnitz in Borough Park, and uh, uh, it was raining. When was this? When was this? This would have been 2002, I believe. Either 2001, 2002. And uh, it's either, maybe it was 2001. I'm not sure. Maybe it was 2001. And uh, the, uh, that was, so we're talking about almost 20 years ago. It was raining very hard. Rav David was not the Masada Kedusha, but Rav David came, like he came to come out all the chasanas he was invited to. My brother, Shaya's Ogazunzain, was one of the MTJ Knicks that was very, very close to Rav David. And Rav David was close to anyone who thought that he was close, that they were close to him. That was the clause that no could be also. Rav David had incredible knowledge about if you thought that you were close to him, he made sure not to disappoint you. So he came to the chasana. But his regular driver was not able to stay with him, and he had to, they had to call him a car service. Rav Nata, who was the, who read the Ksuva there, and got into a machlekas with, uh, with one of Rav Yashaber's prime Talmidim, um, uh, about the technicalities of the Ksuva, and it was quite a battle between these two. Both of these men, Rav Nata and Rav Yashaber's, uh, uh, Talmud were both, uh, it was a lot of Rishadaraisa going on there, I can tell you. Uh, but then Rav Nata turned into the, um, to a, uh, a kitty cat, a pussy cat, because then he saw that Rav David was waiting for his ride. He made sure to actually uh, sit with Rav David and walk with him and make sure, and this, again, Rav is five years older, four or five years older, and Rav ran out in the rain uh, and, had, and, and was waiting and looking for the car service to come. There's plenty of other young people who could have done the same thing. Rav Nota was mocked, but he should be the one who was waiting out there in the rain in Borough Park for the car to come. When the car came, Rav Nota himself stepped into the street, made sure the car pulled over, went back into the Chasna Hall, took Rav David by the hand, 
held the umbrella over his head, walked with him uh, into, uh, and, and went with him uh, into the car, made sure he was all right. And then I was standing there the whole time, you know, and he would not let me do anything. He was doing everything. And then he, uh, uh, as afterwards, he turns to me and he said, ah, this that I've done it. David. And he said he remembered, I guess, 1940 when Rav David was about 10 or so, or 11 uh, or 39 when Rav Nata first came to Rav Meshim. And Rav Nata, of course, was this wunderkind uh, from Eretz Yisrael who, who was, the, the, everybody was so despoiled from by his brilliance. He said, Ich gedenk. And when the paper came, Herr Gewalt, the funnies. That Rav David would ask that if, if that they could throw the funnies over to him, that the mm-hmm. uh, the comics section says, "Eric Volt the funnies," and yet yeah, it's Israel, you know. And now he is this 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 incredible incredible godel. So that's one story from Rav David. I don't know but if you, I would have asked that. If I wouldn't have asked you about Rav Nata, you wouldn't have told the story. No, I would not have told that story because it's really more about Rav Nata than it is about Rav David. But it is an incredible story about Rav Nata because Rav Nata, Rav Nata fights with everyone. Rav Nata, every, Rav Nata Machsavik, anybody can keep us Um The other story, my good friend Rabbi Avram Wright uh, said he was an Adrian too. That uh, Rav Nata, of course, is well known as the. Uh, uh, the ultimate get writer and the ultimate, you know, if there's, uh, you know, he once, uh, when he, they once brought him to, uh, I guess it was the Aguda Convention uh, Midwest or maybe or something, or maybe it was in Arius Israel. They brought him to speak and he spoke about the Inyonim of Cedar Gitin and um, somebody asked him, some kid op- raised his hand and said, um, so how, how many Gitin is the Rav written and done? Sarnata so looked at him and said, It's none of your damn business. Yeah. <laughs> In the base matter. It's none of your damn business. Right? Like, wait, wait, what is this? The Guinness Book of World Records? Like how many Gita he's written? Like yeah. But he probably, you know, I may have asked him, he probably will retire uh as the ultimate get writer in the United States. Probably. I mean, in terms of his record it will take a long time for anybody to surpass. And the Gitten just the stories of Rav Nota on the road with the Gitan is enough. Uh, Scorsese would buy the rights to write a screen, the use of it from a screenplay. Scorsese, of course, is a great Italian director who uh, uh, directed Raging Bull and, and, and did, writes movies about Unterweltnik people. Rav, David has, Rav Nota has dealt with the biggest Unterweltnikels in terms of getting these kitten written. Really? There's no question. Yes, because a lot of these clever were Unterweltnikels. Well, like I said, he, he deals with that not, not, uh, not to be kaifikin, you're saying just no because the right not chasmashol not to beat people up, but those were the those were the Eden who were the the gangsters that he had to get Eden from, and so often he had to track them down better than the FBI could in order to find them. They had to make sure he wasn't wearing a wire. I mean, there are places where he met in order to be to be to get Eden for these. I understand uh, these people are not from obviously. Why were they doing this? You know what? Even a per- you have to realize what people were in America in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. They understood there was something. You tell a person, "Well, you want your wife never to get married. You want to dimagen." I mean, it's the kaiyach of siyata the shmeider of not the head as well. Kopan him. His stories are legion, and it brought him everywhere. And you never knew, including his family, where of Nota was going to be. So one morning he happened to be somewhere near LaGuardia. So uh, uh, he decided he's going to he's going to write the get and do the shlichus in MTJ. Because he needed to have a Besdin, and he knew that he needed to find a base Medrash. It was close enough to the airport. 
So there he was working on the get and writing everything there in MTJ in the morning. And, um, and uh, Rav Nota was, uh, he thought he would hop the chakras afterwards, uh, afterwards, but uh, whatever it was, there was issues in the get writing that it took him past the, 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 the yeshiva shachas. But he had it finished, he had the shuichas done, and the get was going to be mesudr. And he walked out, uh, they gave him a, one of the classrooms to work in. When he walked out, uh, he, he heard from this medrash, and Bukha came and told him that Reb David wants to speak with him. And of course, we all, we've heard about Reb David's office, uh, off the base medrash. So, Reb Nota went, and uh, Reb sat with Reb David, and what they spoke about was probably you know, Pupui Daraisa, beautiful things. It lasted a face, an hour or so. Rav Nota came out. The Bochum were there by Rav Nota. Rav Nota said, you know, You know, he, he missed Man Kriyushma. But he said, he turned to them, he said, look, when the Godel Ador bait from there, you're Mavatos Man Kriyushma. When the Godel Ador asks you to come in, he could have said, wait, I got a David. But when he heard a Tviyah from, 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 uh, from uh, from Rav David. Anyway, those are my two Rav Nota stories, and uh, they 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 really tell you a lot just about the incredible cover Rav Nota had for Rav David. So uh, anyway, I'll call upon him. Boy, I think we've already done the whole show already. But uh, uh, I imagine Rav Nota. But what people, our listeners, should realize that Rav Nota probably didn't have that much cover for most people, and that was I used to ask how much cover for Rav David was a very big Kiddush, right? Well, I'll, right, and I'll tell you if you go to the Vatayra Vayros, nineteen seventy four. There's a shtickel that Rav David wrote, Kalacharya. It was like, he wrote it like the, uh, uh, such a compressed, nothing like your beautiful writing style, but a very compressed pedestrian shtickel about what happens when you when you have a yoyim shimotzi by yishloisha svarim, you only have two svarim, and the, had to deal with the chemed moisha that the Baralocha brings about do you go back to the first safer or not. In other words, let's say you have two svarim, uh, you have three svar, but you only, you're only you supposed to take out three, but you only have two. So now the question is, hmm, where am I going to read the third Kriya from? Where am I, where, where am I going to read the, the Hanukkah Kriya, whatever it is, where am I going to read that from? Okay. So, so am I going to read it from the second or the first? So the question is, if the, if, if the, if the first hasn't been Niglal, should you go already take it from the second, or is there a Chidor of taking it back from the first? Anyway, Mr. David wrote, Shtickle to explain stuff. Two editions later, Rav Nota and Rav David took one page. Rav Nota spent eight pages, six or six pages on that topic, and disagreed with uh, Rav David. And Rav Nota wrote it in a flowery, uh, you know, but not over the top way. So I, I, I got the, is the sense that Rav Nota was having a little bit of fun there about expanding, expanding the Yisraelis. But like, like, like I said, I, I think that uh, the arc. And the life of Rav David is definitely something that deserves a lot more uh, than we could ever do. And you know what? I think this is really a good segue into what I wanted to really talk about. Um, last week, Rav Yosef, uh, I, I, you know, I wanted to see all the uh, people who rang in on the side of the great Rebetzin Bechofer uh, in her vanquishing of, of, I forgot his name already. But anyway, the Rav there in Massachusetts, the Chabad Rav, Michoel Green. And uh, I ended up flipping through the pages of the Jewish press and seeing uh, a psaac from Rav Herschel Schechter. I think uh, Elliot Resnick uh, asks Rav Herschel Schechter questions, and uh, Rav Herschel Schechter, they publish them every week in the Jewish press. They're usually short, to the point, and this was a question about lying. It's a question about um, a uh, surprise party. 
And Rosh Hashanah goes through the basic uh, Yisoidus of what does it mean to lie? Obviously, you lie to someone when you say, oh, um, there's nothing happening at home. Um, you know, there's nothing going on behind the door. Uh, could you please come uh, to the bowling alley and uh, let's get a drink there? And really, everybody else is waiting there to scream surprise. So there's a lot of lying that has to go on. So that was the question. Is, 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 is holding a surprise party uh, uh, a Shiloh? But meanwhile, what Reverse Schechter did was he really expanded the whole idea of what lying is about. And he indicates, based on the Pesukim, uh, that even though, as we say in Parshas Kedoshim, where it says that if you take a look at the context, plus Chazal and Teres Behanim and everything, that that's all about it's all about lying because you have somebody's money. Um, and then as the next success, it's about then taking Shvua based on that lie. But the etzim idea of lying, meaning telling someone a lie that's not true, that really there's nothing going on uh, next door, but really there's a party being set there, that's, you're not over that love at all. Well, I like I like to mention just a, a, go a, ahead. a shameless self-promotion, that if you go to my YouTube channel, there's a, I have a series on the halachas of lying out of a sefer written on the topic called Midvar Shekhar Tirchak. It's part of a larger sefer. And it has been on Mechaveiro. So, um, Without getting into what, without getting into, without getting into uh, the hekef of it, uh, we need to cover quite a bit of okay. ground of several sure. Yeah. Okay, I, I will definitely check it out, and uh, if I can, if, you know, on the YouTube channel, I don't want to be overwhelmed by the image of you talking, but I will definitely try to listen yeah. to the words if I can. Okay. Um, the Midvar Shekhar of course, which uh, Resnick asked him from, again, is a posting about Dayonim, right? Midvar uh, Shekhar is about not taking Shoychad, and, and, and it's about Vinoch Mitzadak al It's about in Dayonis. Similarly, the Pesach, although Rav Shosheth doesn't mention this, the Pesach that uh, Bilam Marosha put into the Torah through Moshe Rabbeinu's Nebuah and the Rabbeinu Shalom's Nebuah about Le'ishel v'chazev is also basically about not fulfilling your word to do something. It is so let me, tell, let me tell you something else. Go ahead. Which is what happens to be another piece of shameless self-promotion here. I have a, doing a series uh, on my YouTube channel on the... Um, the Chachma Musa, the author from Kelm. Yes. And the last mimer I did with my Chavrusa, which is there, is, um, I'm a I think it is. And there, the, the author goes into a whole uh, side discussion in the brackets. He said, he wrote the, the Rosh Tevis Lamed Aleph for Loelechen. And he said, yeah, and he says, many people write Lamed Ayn for Loelechen. But it's not right because in Pesachin Eicha it's Lo Elichem Kol Ovrederech, and he said Abam Musar is Makpi even on the accuracy of his writing, and that is part of the it should uh, uh, because otherwise it's Nimdu L'Shoinam Daber Sheker. If you're not accurate in what you write, it's also an Avizrayu of Sheker. Avizrayu Sheker. That's interesting. That he calls yeah. Shek. So in other words, you see, that's the altar from Kelm who said that. The altar from Kelm, yeah. So he uh, seems yeah. to say that Shek here is Be'etzim. So I'll tell you what Reverend Shechter wrote, and he must have had a Kabbalah from his Rebbe on this. Uh, again, Bilam is only talking about not fulfilling something. He said, since Chais Meshav HaKadosh Baruch Hu Emes, the mitzvah of Boisidbak, of, of being the Leches, Bedarke Hashem, is Machai of all of us to have that Midav Emes. 
but it's 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 more of a chisaronin achresh achshem alokechem telechu than it is any love. So when we say a person's a liar, um, we have to realize what it is. And I think that you know I I don't remember all the list of fact checking and lies. I do know that uh, that both of these uh, men, even the vanquished Trump and Biden we're guilty of a number of lies about their record, about what they said and what they meant and how they said it and what, what, where they, uh, what class and how, what they, what grade they had and what score they had on the aptitude test and all these things. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, it is something that is a, a machla that is, is more and more revealed in today's times about how much of us people lie. Before I get to my main question to you, and I've sort of dominated the show tonight, I want to tell you a quote that I read this week about something totally different. I wasn't even trying to find it. Ravilo Zaks once spoke to his, um, to his mother, the Chafetz Chaim's daughter, uh, and they were talking about Losh Hashanah. And uh, she said that, you know, they, they knew about Hilchus Lashon Hara, and they were saying that she said to her son, she understands the idea of stopping yourself from saying Lashon Hara. But if you happen to hear it, she felt it was a very difficult thing not to be macabre. A person could work on the fact of being a Shaskin, and I'm, I'm like as Rav David, the Goyen of Shti, still again, they don't speak. By the way, they say that the reason Rav David became the Shtiler going, this is probably a little bit of, 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 of after, uh, after the fact, that because he was Bar Mitzvah Parsha, was Parsha's Kairach, so he took that Parsha to, to, to heart and therefore was trying to mafki himself from any sort of Armachlekas and show him any sort of negative Debra Bechlo. I'll call upon him. It's, easy, it's easier, he said, but she said, but not to be Makabal Lashonhar is Vera Grace in the sight. So Rav Hillel incredibly told his mother, he said that, um, he said, he said he thinks that it might be the opposite, that when you have a geshmaka piece of Lashon it's a gefer l'chayetzar. When you hear about something, especially if you have a good friend like me and you, <laughs> if we know something, I'm thinking, I got to tell Rav Yasin about this. This is a geshmak. I got to tell him over this. Ach, especially from some of our enemies lists that we have, such a big enemies list, a mutual one. And it's so gishmak, I got to tell you. So to be misgabber, not to call you up about that, that's his ach. But, Ravilo said, not to be makabal, he said, this, the tat of gizokt, Chavetzchaim himself said, mentions and involves rubim shakranim, vikulam gazmonim. Right? Most people, every, real people are liars. Real people lie. And everybody is magasim. Everyone, that's as the Chobetz Chaim said. Everyone is a Megazim. And that's what memory is. You're always Megazim. You're Megazim. Maybe I was Megazim a little bit in some of the stories. I said, you, you accused me of being the embellisher a couple oh, weeks ago. Shum, shum. <laughs> but the point is... Everything you say is MS, the Moshe MS, also MS. Yeah. I'll call upon him. I was mine Guzmas or also. Anyway... Yeah, I'm just saying that my guzmas have something to them. So the point is, is that Rubem Shakradim, most people are liars. So here's my question, my friend. We know you are a maven of the history of uh, rabbis in America. We know in the 19th century, uh, a number of people plopped over on these shores and lied through their teeth about who they were, who their yachsen was. I remember when I was growing up in Memphis, the conservative rabbi, used to tell everybody that he has the best smich of anybody in town because he learned by 
Rebbe Khanan Vasman and Branovich. Now, people in Memphis didn't know that, that, that Branovich was for 12, 13, 14-year-old kids. I, I think 15, you were already old in Branovich, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're basically right. So, right. So, and he would tell people, nobody here learned by Rebel Khan and Vasserman except me. And um, so, therefore, he felt he could be mocked or all these things. Um, the, the, true, the other rabbis, Rav Nota was not acting as an official rabbi, and the other rabbis were a sorry lot at that time, and you can check into that if you want. But when I was Zochet to meet um, Rav Rosenbaum, who was the Reisha Shoichtim, Reisha Mashkichim at Empire in Harrisburg, the father of Isha Nichbad, the Yerlikim Bemis, the Machabras Forum, Rav David Rosenbaum, a wonderful, wonderful Rebbe Magadshir, one of the really fine jewels of America. Rav Rosenbaum said to me, yeah, I remember. He remembers. He remembers that he was there for a couple. He remembers he was in Vildachai and they threw him out. So the point is that taught me at a very young age that people lie about who their rebbeim are, where they went, who they're from, who they got, who they got smicha from. We talked a couple of weeks ago. I mean, if people, everybody's running around with Pinchas Hirschbrunk smicha, including this Machoil, uh who went up against uh, Shani Belchaver, right? So every everybody will tell you, Ah, Rav Hirschbrunk gave me smicha. I'm a glam by him. And many of these people are exposed as liars. And some of them exposed Rabbi Yosef in a major way, where it's talking business. What do you think? Do you think that, look, we try to be as honest as we can with each other and copy chutz, and you know, we do try. And I, I think I'll give you that. But what about the rest of us, the rest of the people out there, people who, who, who basically are Does that mean at that point you really can't uh, hold from them? That, that maybe they don't deserve to sit on the mayatzas? That if, if, if you caught someone, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I, I question, uh, what I really question is, you know, you caught them and maybe you want to um, kind of like uh, sanction them for a short amount of time for having done the thing wrong. But at 20 years later, why should somebody then still uh, harp on that? I've seen things like that where somebody in this misguided youth did something which was not so uh, appropriate in terms of MS and Shekhar. And uh, later uh, later on, you know, 20 years later, people are still being masked your I feel that that's overdone. I feel that that's inappropriate. I think that one should be down like school that, you know, this is something which happened. But uh, okay, it happened. It's over. So, in other words, people should be given a pass. Yes. Based on what I... Not necessarily immediately, but five years later, okay, he grew up. Uh-huh. Now, unfortunately, sometimes it happens by, you know, adults. We do find in the Gemara, of course, you, with your head... No, to... I don't mean adult, that they were children. Yeah. I mean, they moved past it. I understand. That they that they, that they they realize the mistake that they've made. I mean, yes. the Gemara does say, as you know, when you're Ubiquius, that you know the Gemara does talk about the heter to say something over from someone who didn't say it. Because, L'Shem Shamayim, you know that uh, this is the way people will hear it. And I, I think that sometimes that sort of gets, um, that is like misappropriated by many of these people. I say, look, okay, um, I, I didn't learn by him. But Lamaisa, I feel that what I have to do is important. I feel that my message is good. And if I say that I also got smicha from him and I learned by this person, that that'll open the doors for my Torah to be accepted, which I think is great Torah. And I think it's important. But I live in a world where 
you know, I, I, where if I don't do this, people aren't going to, uh, to, to open up. And I think they, 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 they use what Chazal say you're allowed to say, and they apply it to themselves. What do you think? Do you think I'm correct in, in, in trying to be misnothic for them? That sounds to me like something which is inappropriate. I would say so. It's yeah. inappropriate what they're doing, but that might be the mindset of why they're, they, they don't, it's, they, how can they look at themselves in the mirror is the question. The answer is, look, um, you know, I did it for a reason because that's the game you have to play in order to do the better good, which is to be, uh, to have your terror be nescabal, to have this stuff being accepted. Again, it's not, I'm not, I'm, I myself am not being matzik, and I'm just trying to get into the mindset of how we could say is the guy a phony baloney or not. He's not phony. He was, you know, he met the, he met the announced. Um, you know, it, that's, could be, but, and could be that, could be a reason you could, can be Michael people for that and let them, like you say. It was, on, on Rab David, uh, we never hear such things, uh, you know, and, and that's part of maybe the godless, the, the, but yeah, it's 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 the type of thing that we all memory is a very tricky thing sometimes. We uh, we remember it never really is exactly the way it happened, and sometimes the person believes it himself <laughs> that he was actually you know the I'm sure this conservative rabbi in his mind by the time he 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 got through the Muhammad and he came to Memphis he probably had imagined himself as being the star Talmud uh, by Rebel Chodin. And, uh, you know, maybe he even remembered himself standing there the, by, by when, when he was making the broch of Makadish Hashem Barabim and somehow escaped. But again, it sometimes happens that way. Um, so you're... Did, did he add, uh, does so he actually Shemir Shabbos? At least this rabbi, not even. This that. was the, the kufa where conservative rabbis had their own uptight from Shemir Shabbos, uh-huh. right? So, but um, he didn't drive to shul. He did not drive to shul, and his uh-huh. kids were all in my. And he went. He sent his kids, of course, from school. Um, but, say, yeah. Um, okay. Well, look, I think that the uh, the uh, I'm happy that you are that you are definitely feeling can be Michael, but. Do you think that that should possible them? Let's say you know that's the there's the new uh, you know it's a new machla in uh, the the world uh, this thing called uh, doxing, where they uh, they find somebody's hate uh, and they're megalit on the internet and then it haunts them forever. That's right. Yeah. So and, uh, and uh, before the internet, a person would be able to uh, out outlive his uh, his mis- misdeed, but nowadays. Very hard to do that. It's very, very... Very... What really tells yeah. you how we're talking about big medame, dame liyotsra. It's like a, it's, it's like a, it's a choy v'otzim to, yeah. to, to, to be nizar and find shleimus, like you say, from within, from within. But it's hard. Listen, the accolades, the COVID, all these things are things that uh, I'll just be messiahing the story with one little uh, 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 anecdote. People have asked me, um, you know, they say, they said, are you really kidding when you call Rabbi Bechan for Sarateira and Rav Agoyin? You know, come on, is, isn't that really, you know, are you, aren't you really undermining him? And, um, and of course, I said Rabbi Bechan understands that I mean it in a certain way, and I, he takes it in good, good spirits. Uh, and I told this What? Man, it wasn't real? <laughs> All this time? Oi! Yes, yes. Well, I... I, I are, well, look, you are my Saratayra. You are my I, I, I hope I can be yours. Can I be your Saratayra? Um, 
I am. Can I be your czar? Yeah, okay. You know I'm your czar. Yeah. I'm, I'm your shooting star. Um, so anyway, so I, so, yeah, yeah, okay, commandant. Yeah, I'm your czar. Um, I definitely am a you. But here's the story I told this person. I didn't tell you this. But here's what I told him. I said, you know, look, uh, you know, the Shlomi Huda Rappaport, the Aiden by the Ktsais, was uh, one of the most important of the Maskilim. And he was really, really you know, <laughs> really a very interesting man. She talked about a person who lived mm-hmm. two lives, who who uh, had to hide and actually wrote under false names and, and did a lot of stuff like that. And of course, but he was also the editor of the, of the, uh, the, uh, of the second volume of Avni Maluyim. And he put together, he was actually the editor of the Chuvas Avni Maluyim at the, at the end of the Sefer, which are very good schmack of Chuvas. And uh, he actually went around collecting for him. Anyway, um, there was a sikhsuch in, uh, in, by uh, Prague, I believe. And um, it might have been before he was the Rav in Prague. A kolpanam chsam soifer, this was before he became in Prague. The chsam soifer got, was, was going to be called in. So Rappaport uh, wrote to uh, Big Stadlin and... Um, the very before some Stadlin in Hungary at that time, I think his name was Felsenthal, um, and he said to him that you know they're after me, the Kanoyim are after me, and you know he feels it's Eisgarten, and can he please write to the Chsam Seifer about what's going on so the Chsam Seifer should should issue a psak that'll bashtil the Machlekes. So at the very last line of the letter, he says, and please, if you will. When you write my name, please write Hey Reish Hey Shtrechu Gimel before that. Make sure that when the Sam Soifer, when you write it, make sure to write Harav Hagoin there. So I know, you know, it might not mean anything, but that's what people expect. And if he sees that you just write Harav or Rav without that, it's not going to have the same effect. So please call me Goin, because I know that that's the only way things could work. And as we know, that is still true, what the Rappaport wrote. And it's sad how Rappaport, who was so brilliant, had to beg for the COVID that they should write Harav Hagoyim for him. And uh, because otherwise, people actually say, yeah, he's not so great. And, and just to be messiah with what we started with, you take a look at Modia's um, uh, write-up, which you get just hyperlinked on our uh, page, on the Rizchah the Raisa page about Rabdavid, and it talks about the Levaya. When it mentions the speakers, the speakers are Shmuel Berm, Shmuel uh, Kamenetsky, um, uh, Ganzweig, they all get Shlita uh, this, and uh, Rav Moshe Tendler gets nothing. That uh, Rav Moshe, maybe they, they fixed it, but Rav Moshe Tendler doesn't get Shlita, just Rabbi Moshe, Rav Moshe Tendler, the Rav's brother in law. He doesn't get any Shlita, he doesn't get any of the Zachen. And again, this That's is just a, what this is. It's this is really just an example again of of of, of even in the even even Bishas Hatsar when the when you should show as much support to the family as possible. Look how the the, the it's so hard to write Shlita. It's so right that it's so hard to write that by him. Yeah, every other yutz in the world gets harav agoyim baloney shmaloni right, and Moshe Tendler 
who is a big yad. I mean, whatever you want to say about him, he's one of your shchenim there. Uh, I, you know, I worked with Rav Tenler on a number of psukim, and uh, he was, look, you can't, you can't mach him back like that. Anyway, so on that note, Rabbi Yosef, I know you were the quiet one today. I just want to point out that uh, the right day about Reisha uh, Gimel, uh, it's almost like a Pchizus HaKovet. <laughs> In yeah. other words, if you don't write a Rabbi Goyen, what you has to no, be? you don't write a Goyen Reb, you know. It's a hierarchy. A Rabbi Goyen is lower than a Goyen Rav. Uh, you have to write Gimel Reish first. You're right. And if yeah. you write a Goyen at Tzadik, it spoils everything because it's a lower Madrega to be a Tzadik than to be a Goyen. Uh-huh. That's it, right. Although I will tell you that um, I think Zatzal v'Zatzafikal is, is, is a higher. If you say, that's already showing yeah. that, that yeah. that's not Megareya. So on that note of Kedusha, we will see you next week, hopefully. And watch your words, my friends. Make sure, you never know, you never know which mics are picking it up. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.